1: Gotta do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and together? you go through that doorway to the greatest little countries in the world. This is how the
0: yards of Henry Chesler. And good morning, this is Annie on Showreel, our look at Australian film industry and people who are involved in making moving images. And today we're going to have a chat with Ivan Hexter and Marion Crook, who are involved in trying to get Tunnel Vision, the uh, story, the real story, about what happened in the demonstrations to stop the East-West Link, come for- forth as a film so that everybody can learn from a successful community action.
1: Hi, Ivan Hexter here. When the community battle against East West Link started with drilling behind my house, I took my camera out. 60 hours of footage later, I need your help to tell this community story.
0: The sheer arrogance of a government trying to foist a multi-billion dollar project on us.
1: Tunnel Vision. The story of right beating might. Donate to the Tunnel Vision crowdfunding campaign to be part of the Tunnel Vision project www.chuffed.org that's www.chuffed.org then look for Tunnel Vision be part of Tunnel Vision the real story of the East West Link if the person in front of you has got a
0: belt on hold on to the belt in front of you Tunnel Vision is a 3CR supporter And we have the creators in the studio. G'day, Ivan.
1: Hi there, Annie.
0: And hello, Marion. How are you? Hello, Annie. Yes, now tell us all about... We first have to introduce you, Ivan, as the filmmaker. Now, Tunnel Vision is, as the uh, little sponsorship uh, announcement says, uh, started outside the back of your house. So uh, you obviously have a personal... Attention, uh, connection to the story. Indeed. But you're also a filmmaker of long standing. So just give a pricey of your, uh, your level of skill.
1: <laughs> well, Annie, uh, I've been involved in making a number of documentaries over quite a few years, mainly in the social, health and arts space and uh, all of which have been one-hour uh, ABC Projects, so commissioned projects, very hard to do these days. One of documentaries are particularly challenging in mainstream uh, television, free to air television. But uh, those films were received quite well. The most recent was uh, an ABC Arts uh, project, Half Hour, called Antarctic Oasis, uh, a haunting journey. And uh, that was received very, very well. But all those films have a connection with. Social and/or issue-based stories.
0: Now, this is part of your uh, present incarnation. uh, Running your own business. Yes. Uh, In the your past life, as a young fellow, you started off in the commercial sector.
1: Well, I I, I started off in film school. Uh, In fact, the only film school. Uh, I don't want to give away too many age secrets here, but it's okay. We're
0: we're not ageist here.
1: Excellent. Uh, But uh, quite a long, long time ago. Uh, at Swinburne Film and Television School. So Swinney was the only film and television school at that time and that then led to employment in the kind of mainstream industry with uh, a great company at that time, no longer now, but uh, Billcock and Copping. So Robin Copping, great cinematographer, David Billcock, uh, great uh, producer. So is uh,
0: that Billcock related to the person who is the... uh who finds uh, actors now, you know, a casting agent?
1: I'm not sure. Uh, Joel <laughs> Bilcock. Uh, Billcock. It'd be interesting uh, if
0: that was the case. Dynasties.
1: Indeed, a little bit of that. But uh, there was a lot of commercial production through that uh, opportunity. I was there for several years, camera department. So I, I'd sort of build up the skills on the camera side of things particularly because that's an employable skill. Being a producer or director could be an employable skill but a lot more challenging. So if you've got craft skills, it helps a lot.
0: Yeah. That's right. And so that's the um, road you took. And Marion, you yourself, you you took uh, the producer role.
2: Well, I actually studied to be a teacher at Melbourne State College and I did drama and film and television. So that was my introduction. And I didn't go on to teach. Um, I thought the whole... The whole um, potential of drama in schools was fantastic, but the reality was a bit confronting. But I went to work at Open Channel. I started at Open Channel, so that was that wonderful era when there were access video centres had been set up and um, giving away absolutely the age. Um, The investment by the government in developing people's ability to tell their own story and I think arguably... Everybody across the uh, film and video sector benefits from that because new ideas come from these wonderful people. So I was at Open Channel and then I went on to produce for a number of years. I was, uh, like Ivan, I was doing things very much um, around social issues. I worked a lot with the Koori community and I also did a whole lot of projects to earn an income, Um, that were around health and and, and welfare. Um, And the final project I did was actually with Steve Thomas, who's just done an absolutely wonderful doco um, about the successful lives. Freedom Stories. Yes, yes. And Steve and I worked on the documentary about Harold Blair. And then I was... I was really attracted to the community sector and so I applied and I got the job as director at Footscray Community Arts Centre. And I was, I was based there for almost 10 years. And um, since then I've been working in the community sector uh, a whole lot of projects. I'm really interested in cross-cultural relationships and textiles. So I've done a whole lot of projects... But when the call came um, and I heard about the the wonderful work that Ivan had done to document a whole lot of the action around the community activity on the East-West Link, because I live in the area, because for years we lobbied for the train line down the, the freeway without any success and we could just see, I mean, how absolutely disastrous this tunnel was going to be. It wasn't going to resolve anything. I was really interested to work and I I met Ivan and we got on really well. I was really interested in saying this story has to be told because I think there's still not enough discussion about why it was such a bad idea. Mm. I mean, we go from one side where they say let's just do it to um, people really being terribly frustrated about congestion in the city and, and not knowing what to do about it. So, anyway, mm. that's my background. Sorry. Yeah,
0: yeah no, so as the uh, announcement says, you, you collected 60 hours of footage. Now, mm-hmm. I saw you down there while I was collecting probably 60 hours of sound. Uh, but uh, tell us about how you approached uh, the shoot.
1: Well, uh, when you step into a situation like this, uh, it's really an orientation. I, I mean, I hadn't kind of participated as well you didn't know com- any of the people did you not at all so
0: and that was one of the things about the east west link uh, picket it it, be- it became a community didn't it
1: very much so and and i became far more connected with the community than i actually got to meet and found a whole lot of wonderful people who had very strong convictions about why this project shouldn't go ahead but importantly had alternative views about what our transport future could be so After an orientation, if you like, of of being there, particularly on the tunnel picket, where, uh, you know, it was seriously the front line of... of, Well, there
0: uh, was action.
1: (laughs) There was a lot of action. (laughs) And, I mean, as you know, Annie, the media loves uh, conflict (laughs) and uh, action and drama and all those good things. And there was plenty of that. But it was very interesting over that 18 months, really, that the uh, whole uh, protest uh, evolved. That from that initial view from the outside, I gained the trust and support of those community members because, of course, they knew nothing about me and didn't know if I had a particular agenda. My agenda was simple, to hear the voice of the community and try and understand what was driving it, what would in my view, at that time, in the early stages, what would probably be an unsuccessful campaign—I <laughs> didn't expect it to, to to win. I thought the might of the, the then that prime government and all the resources it had at hand was likely to win the day.
0: Now, I'll pick you up here. You know. Mm. Uh, If you look at the Albert Mell sort of style of um, documentary filmmaking, which is fly on the wall...
1: Observational.
0: uh, Observational, and the way he actually included himself into the picture, this tells us a lot about documentary filmmaking. You are actually part of the story, aren't you? Well... Well, you are in terms of the direction it takes.
1: Well, well, of course. I mean, you've got to have a point of view. You look for a point of view. What's that point of view? Well, often character drives that point of view, and in this case, the, the character, if you like, is a collective character called the community. So we've looked at ways in which we can tell the story through the voices of the community, and that's part of the reason we've got our crowdfunding campaign underway at the moment on Shaft to assist us do further work uh, in shooting and in recording in-depth key interviews, and then of course putting it all together, crafting it together. So... You know, the process is organic. Um, I haven't got any, even at this stage, I haven't got any clear uh, structural kind of uh, approach to the film that would say, look, this is how it's going to be. But I kind of have a, there's a narrative to the film, which is it took place over 18 months. It culminated in a victory, which was... ...a a tremendous achievement. The the, the community um, fulfilling that... Um, desire was just absolutely extraordinary.
0: So the the suspense element, really, I, I mean, even though we know how it ended up, which is extraordinary enough in itself, the suspense element is actually collecting together the uh, the the things that happened that made that a successful campaign.
1: Yeah, very much so. I mean, this was a uh, an effort by an extraordinary collective of community, of individuals, community, just ordinary community members turned activists mm. and a tremendous range of community groups that had uh, the, the, the wherewithal to really put this out there through social media, through very savvy campaigning.
0: And it wasn't just the people who put their bodies on the line. There was this immense depth in the activist community, wasn't there?
1: Extraordinary depth, and and far greater than I think the the government of the time Appreciate. comprehended. Yeah, it just couldn't. You know, they obviously thought that this was going to possibly get them re-elected. They were seen as a a do nothing government uh, at the point when Napthine took over.
0: Well, the uh, a minister for. Uh Guy, Matthew Dye, Guy, who's now the, mm. mini, uh, the uh, head of the Liberal Party in Victoria, was really known as the uh, Minister for Big big Developments.
1: Mr Guy Scraper.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. How outrageous.
1: And uh, he succeeded to that quite well, I believe. Yeah. But the point being that the, the, the community uh, objection, resistance, but importantly the campaigning was... It very strategic and, and highly successful. And it wasn't simply about we don't want no tunnel around here. It was more about here's an alternative transport future very much based on getting cars off roads, freeing up space and allowing motorists. Indeed, they're not an anti-car lobby. They are a pro-transport lobby. And it's about finding solutions to enable Melbourne to be a great livable city.
2: And I think another important part, too, is the role that local government made and that Mm. the potential there, because the local government's so close to the community, how positively they can use their power as well.
0: Well, that was very interesting, wasn't it? Because they were out of step with uh, the state government. And uh, that really instructed uh, the uh, citizens of Melbourne that it was possible to have governance, governance tools that would actually listen to what they were saying.
2: Absolutely. That was
0: really quite extraordinary. Mm.
2: Absolutely. And I think another issue too is that that we have an expectation that local government will look after certain things. But... Unless people say, well, really, unless we resolve this, we can't do anything. So, I mean, when you get in the inner suburbs, you can't resolve things if all that's going to happen is more and more cars are going to come in.
0: Well, you see, it's raw politics uh, because actually in uh, in Australian political terms, local government doesn't exist except at the leisure of uh, the state governments. So they were actually putting their future on the line.
1: Hi. Ivan Hexter here. When the community battle against East West Link started with drilling behind my house, I took my camera out. 60 hours of footage later, I need your help to tell this community story.
0: The sheer arrogance of a government trying to foist a multi-billion dollar project on us.
1: Tunnel Vision. The story of right beating might. Donate to the Tunnel Vision crowdfunding campaign to be part of the Tunnel Vision project www.chuffed.org That's www.chuffed.org Then look for Tunnel Vision. Be part of Tunnel Vision, the real story of the East-West Link. If the person in front of you has got a belt on, hold on to the belt in front of you.
0: Tunnel Vision is a 3CR supporter.
2: Tune in to On Screen and find out more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday, 11am till 12 noon on 3CR. It's a program on film, on filmmakers and on film festivals. It's called On Screen, Mm, but it's on the radio, 3CR.
0: And you're back with Annie on 3CR's Showreel. And in the studio, we've got Ivan Hexter and Marion Crook, who are part of the Tunnel Vision Project. So now we're coming to the end of this program. We're coming to the... We've gone over the hump. We're going into the end. But So it's really important that we talk about how you have actually uh, financed this project about the East-West Link Community Action
1: Yes, well, uh, you finance it through going out and doing it and uh, at some point, after two years of uh, 60 hours plus uh, material and all the rest of it, Um, I've been very blessed to uh, have Marion join forces with the project and... Well that's a moral support as much
0: as anything else isn't it?
1: Well it is, Uh, it's a a whole range of support actually. Um, I mean it's very hard working within silos, you know. So it's it's important to be able to share ideas, share uh, visions, possible uh, ways in which the project might be uh, realised. And Marion has some uh, fantastic background in community organisation, arts, and and being an advocate for communities. So it was... uh, And the filmmaking background that Marion has through Open Channel and so on. So it all meshed very nicely, and we're collaborating in ways to hopefully uh, uh, see the project completed through um, the crowdfunding campaign. But importantly, um, we need to do further work to to really realise the vision of it, because it's... um, Uh, When you're filming this and you're out there in the thick of it, as you you were, Annie, uh, with the the picket uh, protests and so on, you're really tangled up in the events of the day. And you do have to be able to step back at some point and analyse just, well, what was that all about? Why was this uh, project foisted on on, uh, the Victorian public? And and, and importantly, through this community action, uh, not only why did it fail, but... (laughs) There was a change of government. Uh, The first time it occurred in 60 years that a first-term government had been thrown out. So this resonated very strongly with Victorians and we need to be able to tell that story and tell it in a way that uh, only a collaboration, I think, can uh, achieve. But importantly, we need community help to realise that there's uh, a lot more work to do, original music. David uh, Bridie, who I think would be quite well-known... Oh listeners. yeah
0: Dave Brady yeah yeah so and he's uh highly attached to uh, a lot of projects uh, to do with East Timor uh I mean uh, was yeah. yes. is and a variety of other uh, projects that are related to uh cross cultural expression
1: yeah yeah so I'm thrilled to have uh, David on board but uh, not all these, and that be- sort
0: of probably tells us something really about the whole, whole impulse of this particular thing that you're documenting, which is the really important uh, notion that uh, leaving power into the hands of a a, an, a select few is a very dangerous thing to do. Yes. You will get outcomes that uh, you will be living with for generations, and generations.
1: Well, of course, the whole defeat of this project was very much about a government that didn't listen to the community. It was about a government that said, we know what's right for you.
0: Well, they were quite clearly only listening to money makers.
1: Mm -hmm. And, And of course, the community consultation, I mean, there was a a process there that looked like we were going to be heard.
0: No, but you see, they were just listening to moneymakers who were actually sending money offshore so that even the people who are moneymakers on another level were were being sidelined.
1: Well, look, apparently, according to uh, the senior journalist at the age, Kenneth Davidson, who really covered it well, particularly from the financial point of view... Um, his view was that the project was really created to uh, support the uh, uh, investment uh, superannuation funds and and uh, banks for uh, a good investment proposition. They wanted a 10% return. This was one of the few projects around that could get it. So- and,
0: and the fascinating thing was that it wasn't going to be – it was such a direct – Obvious connection between the public having to pay for something that they weren't going to get any value from.
1: Well, that's right. I mean, it was extraordinary. The, 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 even the consortium that were bidding for it would not uh, have engaged had there not been clauses that guaranteed them a certain return, not based on tolls and, and the use of the road, but based on taxpayer-funded, Victorian taxpayer-funded guaranteed returns. Yes. So if not a car travelled on the road, they were still going to make their dough.
0: So, so this tipping point between capitalism being the only system that is going to support so many people, uh, which is supposed to be premised on the notion of competition, yes. was being exposed as a lie.
1: And And you've got to ask the question, you know, why was it, so well, why did why was this East West link foisted on the public? I mean, it, we can say it was being driven by financial m- motives, but from a government 's point of view, they want to get reelected and and it was all about they thought getting reelected uh, i mean in in fact, it was their poison chalice it got them unelected so I mean how out of touch with the community do you need to be to actually you know railroad? A project through that is actually going to be the cause of your own demise. Quite I
0: mean, disrespectful. Mm. Uh, it's quite interesting because Napthione has just uh, announced that he is not going to continue in his role. He's retiring. And someone pointed out that, uh, what Rob Starry actually said on Facebook, uh, perhaps we should be uh, uh, sending, uh, prosecuting him for uh, a lack of, con- you know, not fulfilling his contract, you know. A bit of negligence, <laughs> You know, the way they handle people who are on the dole, make him do 25 hours free um, labour or something.
1: Yes, well, <laughs> so you great. must always punish the vulnerable. Yes, you know. that's
0: right. Punish the vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's, uh, it's great to, to know that uh, you're going to basically get this project finished so that it becomes something that's uh, going to be able to be seen in the future for and, and uh, give... Uh, a clear perspective on community campaigns that can actually take uh, people forward into a a positive uh, power relationship with their government.
2: And I think the important thing is too that obviously we can make the documentary available online. We've talked to Channel 31 and they want to broadcast it and clearly there's a really big issue in Sydney at the moment with a very similar project and there would be the opportunity of screening the doco for the Sydney audiences and South Australia through the through the network. Um, but we'd ask people to please support us by going on to the Chuff campaign. There are some amazing rewards. Local businesses have been extraordinary they've put up mm. fantastic rewards for people that donate and so we'd ask people to we've got four more days so get on to chuffed <laughs> give us your money and it only we, we're happy whatever people can afford to give um, but you'll get a copy of the program and you'll help other people find out how the community can have a say that we can have a voice, and that's a really positive thing. So tell us the address again.
1: Well, it's uh, chuffed. I'm, I'm very well rehearsed at this, ending. Yes. It's chuffed, dot dorg and just uh, search for Tunnel Vision, and up it will come. And as Marion said, there's some, um, yeah, big rewards for people that uh, can get behind it, and where. We've had some great success, we've had uh, some great fundraising to date, and so we're in the, the, the final few days, and it'd be fantastic to have some of your listeners uh, contribute to the film and uh, get their credit uh, for being part of a great community effort.
0: And in actual fact, this is part, an extension of the activist comp- contribution, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. You, you can be part of something, even if you weren't there at the picket, or even if you weren't at the uh, various uh, seminars and uh, all the uh, websites and uh, all the other actions. uh, You can actually be
2: part of getting that message out by contributing. I think that's really true, Annie. I think a lot of people were there in spirit. I know, I mean, I did a small amount, but you know that people tooted you, they... Cheered. There were a lot of people that were behind this project, and and that's a way that they can help us now as well. Well, that's the thing. You
0: see, you can't. There are people who are prepared to stand up, but uh, it's actually always a two-thirds, one-third arrangement. Once the two-thirds believe that something should change, then it does change, and they don't always change themselves too. the the fences to make that happen.
1: Yeah, making a difference and and how you can make a difference. And we can't all stand on the picket line. In fact, many people would not want to stand on the picket line, but you can make a difference through seeing this project realised.
0: Actually, it was quite remarkable how many people who had never done such a thing before in Mm. their lives and also after being roughed up, how that really uh, hardened people because instead of intimidating them, making them go away, they actually said, well hey, you, I'm not going to be moved.
1: You're not pushing me around.
0: You're not pushing me around. It really pushed some buttons seeing all those uh, people in their critical response outfits attacking what were the community.
1: Indeed. And the mainstream media, of course, particularly television, because they do love conflict, as we know, uh, gave that whole group a a platform to discuss their alternate transport future, primarily based around great public transport, world-class public transport, and... We have a government now that looks far more inclined to fulfil to that. Listen. Mm. Mm.
0: Thanks listen. Thanks very much for coming in and you, telling Thank us you. about Thank you, Annie. Great. A delight. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.